I'm gonna bet that we have all had those moments where we wish we would have done things differently or made a different decision in our lives. Like for example, taking care of our bodies better or handling that relationship in a different way. Or maybe we even let fear deter us from doing something that we really wanted to do. And we have to deal with that. And when we do, when we have those moments where our choices leave us with consequences that we don't like, We usually say, I wish I would have done things differently. But do we wish that? Do you think it's the choice that we don't like? Or do you think it's the way that it all worked out for us? Because I feel like there is some silent battle between regret and desire that just constantly going on. How can we learn how to trust our choices to make decisions that are in line with who we are or who we want to be? And how can we use those moments of regret as fuel for our personal growth? Let's talk about it. The Fields Effect. I was talking to my dad on the phone the other day, and we were talking about regret and the way that it makes people feel. And I told him, I really want this to be my next podcast because what saddens me is when I see people paralyzed by regret. I don't like that. It becomes so powerful and it impacts so many things in their lives, their thoughts about themselves, their abilities. They question their intellect, their overall character. And then being in that constant loop of reliving the moment ultimately causes them to hold themselves back. So I wanted to talk about it. So my dad and I start going back and forth and we're talking about our thoughts and we're doing what we do. And then when we hang up, he texts me and he says the simplest thing. He says, how do we learn how to trust our choices? And I just smiled because I could hear him saying it in his super calm way. And I thought he nailed it. It was so simple, but That's exactly what I wanted to talk about because I didn't just want to focus on regret, 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 right? And drive us into the ground and now it's dark and the lights are out and we can't get up. It's so much more than that for me. It's about moving forward. It's always about moving forward because we're human. We're constantly learning. Things are going to happen all the time. We're going to make not great decisions more than once in our life. Um, Allow me to be the poster board for a variety of reasons. But what I want to focus on is how do you evolve? How do you become better? How do you move closer to the person that you want to be? How can you use those decisions or those experiences or those moments as stepping stones to do that? So let me just quickly talk about regret and then I will move this conversation over to our decisions. Okay, first off, anytime I talk about anything emotional, I give it extra space to air out. It needs to breathe, okay, because anything emotional is wild. I talked about this in season one when I did the episode on fear. It's the first episode of the season, so of course it's titled correctly. So let me just say, regret falls in that category. Regret is powerful, it's complex, and it triggers a range of responses from us. If you've ever been on the phone with someone or been talking to someone, they're going through a tough situation where they're feeling a lot of regret, it probably the most obvious or the most notable emotions that you're going to be able to identify when they're talking. It's going to be sadness or guilt or frustration or anxiety if we're already there at the end, right? I'll tell you what. So when someone's in the thick of it, I've seen them all flow into one conversation or it doesn't get broken up into parts because 
When regret hits, if we haven't learned how to deal with it, or if we don't yet understand how we want to process it, it can feel like an uncontrollable spin with no end and no beginning because we aren't thinking logically in in those moments, in the heat of those moments. We're running on those emotions and we're stuck in how unsolvable that situation appears to be. So I see two sides of this thing, okay? The first side I see is that On one hand, we'll probably be disappointed in ourselves because of whatever we did or said to create that situation. But we won't always want to address that because addressing it usually means that we're ready to work on dealing with it or we're ready to work on solving it. And we might not be ready for that yet. It's easier to be wildly frustrated with ourselves or direct our frustration towards other people that we believe, you know, contributed to us making those decisions than it is to actually start moving through it to get to a resolution. So that's one part. We're not always ready to address it. On the other side of it, I feel like what we did or what we said, if that puts us in a bad light and we have to now stand in what we regret, right, and face it, that takes a lot because that can spark thoughts in our head that aren't great, like that we aren't worthy or that we aren't capable of doing things right or now we have all these limiting thoughts swirling around, you know, how this has happened. And the reason why this matters or why we have to pay attention to this is because if we allow ourselves to get over run with emotion that feels unsolvable, that's going to create too much anxiety. And we don't want that because we'll stress ourselves out worrying about the consequences or worrying about whether or not we think things can be unwound. So when I'm talking to people about their personal or professional situations and the things that they regret, those are the components that I usually encounter. And that's what we have to work through or try to make sense of what happened so we can start moving to the other side of it. And the other side of it is, okay, this happened, now what? How am I gonna move forward? Because you have to, right? You have to keep going. You have to keep moving forward in life. I mean, can you imagine if our politicians or our global leaders let every regret or bad decision hold them back? They wouldn't be able to do anything. They can't do that. They have to keep moving forward. They have to keep working forward. They have to learn from their mistakes or behaviors, but keep moving forward. And I use them because, you know, there's a lot going on now and we could say that they're making a lot of bad decisions, but they keep going. And it's not just our politicians. It's not just our global leaders that I'm talking about. Anyone that wants to accomplish anything in life is going to have to go through ups and downs. Okay, some of it will be controllable, right, as we know, but some of it won't. And if you want to keep growing and keep moving towards that goal, you have to learn how to process those downs and use them as fuel to push you forward and get you to the next up, okay? It goes together. So let's talk about our decisions, because that is what gives this topic legs. It's our decisions. This is the best part, because when I start talking about decisions, I look back at all of the things I've done, and I'm like, oh, Kim, why? Why did you do that? And sometimes I'm not looking that far back, okay? This podcast is appropriately described as personal growth in process, so you got to be easy on me. I need a little space to evolve, too, with everybody else. So let me set the tone with this one phrase that every time I hear it, I have to hold still and just wait for what's coming next. This is the phrase. 
when people say it's my life, as in it's my life and I can live it however I see fit. Have you ever said that or have you heard anyone say that? And were they or were you making a good decision in that moment? Or was it said to justify a decision that felt good in that moment? I ask that because the it's my life phrase represents more than just a one time in the moment decision to me. That phrase can be the basis for a slew of decisions in your life and all of them geared towards feelings. It's almost like you want to assert your right to make independent choices that others may think are not great or you have a strong attachment to something in particular. Maybe it's career or passion or, you know, romance or a partner. So you prioritize your emotional fulfillment in that moment over rationality, regardless of the consequences. And the reason why I bring this up is because when we talk about decision making, I don't see this as a one time issue. I see the use of this phrase as a long-term commitment to a particular thought process or particular decision-making process. And what I've observed is that it's all good when you're making these moves. You only live once, YOLO, as we used to say, but after a period of time, the consequences of those decisions or that thought process start coming down like hail. So if I'm going to give an example, like a real world example, this could be around the way you treated your financial health over the years, and now you can't leverage your purchasing power, your future's uncertain because you didn't prioritize that early on. Same with your relationships, your, your wild romance, same with career, right? It's never a problem until you can't do what you want to do. But if you look at it objectively, a lot of those, it's my life decisions have slowly walked us right here. So I think it's fair to say that the point of contention when it comes to our decision-making is when the outcomes don't align with our expectations. Like we, we have a plan, we have a vision, we have an idea of what we want, but when our decisions are driven by, you know, an, an imbalanced amount of emotions or impulses or the need for immediate gratification, that plan takes a hit, right? And, you know, you can find that a lot in social media. Not everyone uses social media and appreciates it for what it is, but social media is constantly appealing to your just do it side. And I can see how those flashing lights, you know, can kind of impact your decision making in the moment when you're seeing everybody living a particular life that you want or accomplishing something that you want to accomplish or, you know, so forth and so on. And so when we give into that, you know, we know there's a high chance that we might regret it later, but we do it anyway because we decide that we're going to prioritize our short-term desires in this moment over our long the long-term consequences. And in those moments, we either don't want to think about it or we underestimate the potential downside of that just do it move that we just made, right? And honestly, it's just all part of our learning process because there are so many different things that spark these uh, in-the-moment decisions. It's not all easily avoidable or as simple as the it's my life example or not succumbing to social media example. And it's not always about maturity or experience to be fair. Sometimes it's just plain old pressure. And regardless of who you are, pressure plays a huge role. Pressure to perform at home, pressure to perform at work, and the heat of those moments, the high stakes situations, the tight deadlines, the overwhelming sense of urgency that can squeeze us so hard and fast in those moments that clouds our judgment. And what happens is we have to make a move. 
So we prioritize short-term gains or or quick fixes over our long-term goals and strategies again. It's that fear of failure that pushes us, that pressure that we have to address. And then here we are. It's like we've got these unfavorable outcomes that maybe we could have avoided, but that pressure was so strong that we had to act. Okay, so how do we make a good decision? How do we shift our mind so that we can trust that the majority of our decisions will be in line with the life that we want? Let's think about this. When we make a decision, whether it's a career choice, whether it's a relationship, a financial investment, let's take time to make sure the expectations around it are based on our goals or our values or our desires long-term, not short-term, because initially our focus tends to be on the short-term or the immediate gratification. You know, when I go through my own journey and I look back at the decisions I've made and I look at how they played out long-term, I'm at the point where I can do this objectively now, right? Okay, so I value this process a lot now of full transparency. When I look back, sometimes I'm just like, was it worth it? And this is a transferable question across all contexts. Was it worth it? What would I have gained if I just shifted my thoughts in those moments? Or did I do exactly what I was supposed to do? I go through this process now. I wish I started it earlier. And I just think about these few things as it relates to my own decision. So I want to share three things with you um, as far as part of my process, right? The first one is what are my goals and does it fit? Will it get me closer to the vision I have for my life? Now, not how I felt when I woke up, not how I felt after an irritating exchange, but what I really want long-term, does it fit? Second one is, do I know everything I need to know? I try not to get paralyzed here because I love information and I can get caught going down that rabbit hole, but I explored enough to just make sure I'm comfortable with the consequences if they pop, okay? And the last one is I always, always, always do a fear check. I'm cognizant of how fear creeps in and that I always have to be double checking that I'm not making fear-based decisions and that I keep pushing myself forward. If you've listened to my podcast, you know this one is a constant grind, but I'm learning how to manage it and making sure it doesn't become stronger than my desire to move forward because that is the goal. And that's the main thing that I wanted to convey on this podcast I know I took the streets instead of the freeway. I took the long route, but I had to because I had to go through all of these touch points or soft spots to show how we really are all pretty much similar in one way or another and how we experience regret around our decisions. It might look different on other people, but it still happens. And the way I see regret is like this. Once something happens, the worst thing we can do is sit in it too long to where it paralyzes us and stops us from moving forward or from continuing to evolve as a person. So changing our perspective on regret can build resilience, which is great because instead of being defeated by past mistakes, we can become more adaptable and learn how to bounce back even stronger. And even though you don't want to sit in it too long, it is important to do some self-reflection. You got to look inside yourself, okay? Look at your thought processes and what adjustments you can make. That's a challenging thing to do because we become so certain in what we believe or how we feel. But when you're looking at these things in relation to regrets, think about it like this. 
the way that you think, the actions you take that you're certain are right. We all believe we're doing the right thing. Those have gotten you exactly where you are now. So if you love this spot and you have everything that you need, send me your number so I could get some tips. But if you want to see something different, you have to go through the uncomfortable process of actually shifting your thoughts. We can use regret as a motivator to make better choices, more in line with our vision that we have for our lives, because it's not about erasing regret. I can't emphasize that enough. We don't need to do that, but it is about reshaping it into fuel for change. Reframing the way you see regret will help you on your journey to unlock your true potential. So embrace it and never look back with doubt, only forward with determination. I'm Kimberly Fields. Thanks for listening. For more of The Fields Effect, check us out at thefieldseffect.com or connect with us on Instagram at The Fields Effect. Guys, click the follow button and lock in with us because sometimes looking at a situation from a different lens can change your whole experience. I'm Kimberly Fields. Thanks for listening.